everyone and welcome back to another edition of the SBK betting podcast and as always thrilled to have my partners in crime alongside me again Ross Miller and J James Millman back last weekend bit of a mixed bag of results but we got through it and we got some winners Ross Miller cap course at 13 to 2 another victory in the Sir Peter Sullivan chase that was a Fantastic result. He did it even better than he had done the, the previous time he won that race. And Numitor was placed at 13 to 1 also in the last. Pleasingly, my nap, I think I think she won um, Epitan. I'm not entirely sure, but the picture seems to give a couple of question marks around that. But I'll take a win. And a big each way return with Brahma Bull, who finally made it home in third about... 40 lengths behind the first two in a thrilling renewal of the Labrooks Trophy. So we got a few results in there last week, but with plenty more winners to find this weekend. And all the actions coming in from Sandown and from Aintree. And we're going to kick off with Sandown. And we're focusing on the biggest and the best uh, chase races over the weekend as well. And Sandown, just one of the best tracks in the country, I suppose, in terms of testing chases to their very limit and it's going to be an interesting test for the novices and that's where we're going to start the 150 at Sandown the close brothers Henry the eighth novices chase so I'll welcome in James Millman and Ross Miller James as I mentioned Sandown you know it probably is a track from your flat days riding but as a track in terms of for the jumpers it's a it's a brilliant test and it's brilliant to see those horses giving it their all and, and and trying to be very tactically aware and astute and pretty agile around this track, isn't it? Yeah, especially down the back straight and uh, the railway fences in particular, you've got to hit them every stride and, and a good jumper can excel at Sandown, perhaps more than they do at other tracks elsewhere and then they get into a rhythm and then they can get away. And interesting enough, it's not going to be too soft, as we said that all season. Um, I think it's the driest November since records began 25 years ago. Um, Andrew Cooper was saying on the old social media this morning. So it's not going to be testing as such, but if they go quick enough, you still need to stay up that hill. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, yes, no Shishkin for the main event, but it's still going to be some absolutely fantastic racing on Saturday. So All Mankind was a pretty spectacular winner. He's the, his exuberant jumping style got him round there in the end. Third time lucky for the Skeletons is their big chance at this race. And he's heading the betting at six to four. Edward Stone is four to one. Manila Drama, six to one. Warlord, 13 to two. Iridato coming back a week after his win last Saturday is eight to one. Stolen Silver, 13 to one. And Do Your Job, 17 to one. Ross, I'll come to you first. Third time lucky, being pretty flawless, really. Both times we've seen him running. At Cheltenham, though, a bit of a different test going the other way at Sandown. How do you assess his chances and the overall look of this race? Well, I think he's definitely made up into a better chase than he was hurdler. Um, and yes, he's got to go the other way around here, but his jumping has looked in the main very assured. He's looked quick. He's looked slick. Um, the one thing I would say is I'm always keen to try and find a reason to take on these short price favourites in novice chases at the graded level particularly this time of the season and I'm just not convinced he had a huge amount left at the end at Cheltenham um, we lost Captain Tomcat at the at the last and I think if he'd have stood up I think it would have been interesting there's a very likely chance that they can get racing a long way out at, at Sandown and for that reason alone the stamina question I have with him I'd be, I'd be keen to take him on I think uh, the horse that I like here against him is uh, the Sam Thomas trained stolen silver 
Uh, he's a second season novice. Uh, things didn't go quite to plan last year when with Nigel Twist and Davis. But he came back this season at market raise and on his first start for Sam Thomas. And he jumped like an absolute buck from fence to fence under Charlie Deutsch. Won very, very easily. Uh, he then went to stand down and was second to editor De Giet, uh, trying to give him five pound. Um, and I think that's probably a race where if Charlie Deutsch could have that back again, he'd probably fancy his chance of, of winning. He finished like an express train and only just failed. Um, his jumping down the back here could really take him a long way forward. Uh, he's got stamina up to two mile four. So if they do get racing a long way out, I think he's got a, a, a plenty of stamina to see him home. Um, and even some of his back form, back when with Nigel Twist and Davis, his chase debut last year at Bangor, uh, he was beaten about six lengths by the now 155 rated Eldorado Allen. Um, so he's about there on ratings. And I think he's been overlooked by the market. Uh, Sam Twist and Davis takes over from Charlie Deutsch. That wouldn't be a, a bad thing in my book. Um, and I just think at the prices, he'd be one that I'd be keen to oppose the favourite with. 13 to 1 is a big price in the betting at the moment. He stumbled at the last at Cheltenham, um, and was which a lot of horses were doing um, over the course of that weekend. When you've got to jump as well as, as you need to, do, are you confident in him? Sam Tristan Davis, as you say, back and, back and board. Does, does he feel like a horse that... That was just, a, you know, just a novice era that he'll be able to eradicate that at Sandown, which is a big test of, of jumping. I, I think so. I, I thought his jumping was pretty assured all the way around. He, he did make a mistake at the back of the last, um, but it was his market raisin run that really caught my imagination. I watched it back last night. He jumped every fence and took lengths from the field at every fence. Um, and I think if he can get into a good rhythm, which is really important around Sandown, I think his jumping is is as good as anything in the field. Yeah, he's uh, is definitely an interesting contender in what is um, fascinating. Really, I, I'm 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 with Ross in that. I think third time lucky is opposable. James, where have you fallen down on this? It's a uh, it's an interesting race, especially with Ilradata coming in. I think that's very punchy of Paul Nichols to throw the dice again just so quickly after last week. Yeah, he's only back a week after an impressive win, but I like a form line with Il Radato because Warlord actually beat him uh, on £5 better terms at Newton Albert uh, when it was a four-runner contest back in October. Warlord won quite nicely. Witness Protection was second. Il Radato was only back in third, beaten 10 lengths. And yes, he was impressive at Newbury the other day against uh, experienced handicappers. But strictly at the weights, Warlord is a progressive type. I thought he won well at Carlisle. He decided when he hit the front, beat him in a drama, he takes him on again by a short head. He's probably value, I'd say, for three or four four lengths on, on the back of that success. Team Tizard, chasing is all, all there about. The, the hurling is very much a means to an end, and he, he had a good campaign last year. Relative to, to what Team Tizard were doing, his third at Haydock reads quite well behind Albert's back. Um, I liked the ways progressed. I think third time lucky, he could be vulnerable. Like he's six four favourite. It'd be no surprise if he made it three from three since going chasing. But he walked up the hill. Uh, whether he kicked on too soon, that's, that is a, a question mark last time at Cheltenham and the Captain Tomcat. If he had stood on his feet, I think he would have run on quite well. And I wouldn't really fancy Captain Tomcat in this contest. So I think he's a little bit vulnerable at the prices. Um, I, I quite like uh, Ross's shout for stolen silver because he is a second season chaser. He's got experience against... Uh, the experienced handicappers in Cheltenham last time. So I certainly 
wouldn't rule him out of the price, but I just thought Warlord was was the, the angle I was looking. Uh, just a shame as seven runners, which is a little bit frustrating because it had a nice each way shape with eight. But even so, I do think Warlord's uh, going to give the third time lucky a, a real race. And like I say, Brennan Power will be holding on to him as long as possible. And he might just pounce up that stiff hill. Yeah, that's that's it, isn't it? It is a stiff hill. There's such a big, long run in. Um, Brendan Powell's done so well, joined up with Colin Tizard this season. Um, Warlord at 13 to 2 at the moment. I'm going to take you on, though, James, because I know there's that form line with Il Rodato, but I think interesting horse this. Um, he is a four year old, so he does get a good weight advantage off uh, his elders. And I just like the Nichols team think- thinking to bring him out of what was, you know, a much weaker race in terms of the, the race that he won last week, but the way, the manner he did it, uh, the way he jumped as well, it just confirmed the, the good form he'd shown over in France. And also he did have excuses behind Wardlord. I think he twisted a shoe um, at Newton Abbott. Um, so he's obviously fresh, he's well, they're keeping on going. And uh, I think he's a fascinating contender for the Nichols team at eight to one. So we all got different opinions of the Henry VIII chase. Um, and it's a cracking way to begin um, uh, the day, really. It's always, um, it, it builds up to the Tingle Creek at 2.25, just shy of two miles. And it's brilliant, really brilliant that Willie Mullins sends over Shashan Poursois, unusual route through. He normally has his, he normally starts a bit later in the season as well, but they've got him ready for this test. He's five to four, Nube Negra is five to two, Grenatine five to one. Hitman 11 to 1 and Captain Guinness makes up the field at 12 to 1. A small field, shame, but these races, it's, this is going to be a tactically run affair, I feel, perhaps, Ross. Um, I'm going to be really interested to see what um, the skeletons decide to do with Nubi Negra. Um, they reoppose him and Chachin Poursois um, after you know, meeting at Cheltenham. But for me, this looks like a great opportunity for Chachin Poursois on a track that I think will suit him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it it does look like a match, doesn't it? I I, <laughs> I spent a good bit of time trying to to take on the top two and and come up with a sort of feasible argument why either might not win. And and truthfully, it, it, there's very few holes in in both of them really. I mean, it is the first time Patrick Mullins be riding Chacon Poursoir in public. I'm sure he sat on him plenty at home and 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 schooled him at home. So you'd have to say that's a very small uh, hole in him uh, and. Maybe he has looked vulnerable at times on his reappearance, but I, I would think that if they're going to spend the time and the money to send him over the water for this, they're not going to have left him undercooked. Uh, and then with Nube Negra, I, I, I think if he's going to beat Chacon Poursois, this is probably his best chance. But I was slightly baffled by the fact that all last year, the Skeletons were adamant that he was best fresh. They were going to leave him fresh and they were going to go to Cheltenham. Um, now, I know he's a year older and horses change as they get stronger, um, but this is a fairly quick turnaround from when he won the Schleur at Cheltenham. Uh, and that, for me, I thought was a was a, a fairly large negative. He's got 24 lengths to find from, from Punchestown. Uh, I know he f- finished in front of him at Cheltenham, but I just think that was too bad to be true from Chacon Poursois. Maybe the track doesn't suit him, but at Punchestown, he firmly put Nubinegger in his place. Uh, and I see no reason really why he won't do that again. If it gets tactical and it turns into a sprint, that's going to suit Nubinegra. But I can't think that uh, Bryony Frost on Granatine, Harry Cobden on Hitman, 
or Patrick on on Chakamboswa are going to want that to happen. So I think the three of them will between them force the pace. Um, and I think they're pretty confident now with Chakamboswa that if they need to go on early, they will. And I could see him taking up maybe at the pond fence, making a strong bid for home. And I think he is a strong stayer at two miles. Um, I, I, I don't get this uh, and don't buy into this. He doesn't stay at Cheltenham. Uh, I just think it's perhaps not his track or they, they perhaps didn't ride into his best advantage at Cheltenham. But yeah, I I tried really hard to take on a favourite um, and I just think he's very hard to oppose in this. Yeah, it's, uh, it is difficult to find flaws in, in him. He's also a smashing jumper, a really, really good jumper of offence. He's obviously had his issues, James, but he, when he's good, he's very, very, very good. And Nube Negra is going to have to be at, at, his, at his very best, which he looks like he was last time out at Cheltenham um, in perhaps was was quite a nice, a, a good opportunity in the end, put the castle on, didn't really show up. And it was it was just fairly comfortable. But what has he really done to prove that he can beat Chachon Poussois in a race like this? Yeah, well, Chachon Poussois, people are saying he perhaps isn't going to be as good at Cheltenham as, as what he is over in Ireland. I might just give him a bit where he travels over as well, because obviously he came over for Cheltenham originally the year before and, and, and didn't run, um, picked up a setback and, and didn't run at the festival two years ago. And then last year, obviously, he got beat. So he's traveling over again for the first time, um, obviously away from Cheltenham. But I just thought that might be a little bit of a doubt. First run for 221 days. Nube Negra, Ross, he's he mentioned what Scout and said he'd like him best fresh. But last year, I think he had a few setbacks. Uh, obviously, he missed uh, the festival in 2020 and he came back late for Desert Orchid when he beat Altior at 20 to 1 and I think it was a bit of a rush prep to get him back for that he then ran an absolute cracker when second the champion and ultimately that rush preparation might just have cost him when he went to punch us down because he's not going to get anywhere near Chacon Poursoir on that form but just what was it five weeks before that he did beat him at Cheltenham ultimately so you've got two two different form lines we've seen Nuba Negra this season already for me, it's going to be an absolute crack and watch. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how the race pans out. I say we're missing Shishkin, but we've got two absolutely exceptional two-mile chasers heading the market. Nubanegra might just always just go under the radar a little bit. He's already dethroned out your, I say, back in that desert awkward when 21, he really wasn't expected to. His closing sectionals were pretty strong. If the race does play to his strengths, um, I just see him beating Shaka Boswar under these circumstances. And the, and the other three, realistically, I don't think they're going to be good enough. So um, ultimately between the two, and just for me, I imagine towards Nibonegra, it's not strong. I'm not massively confident, but that's where I'll be heading in that race. Yeah, look, it's for, for me, it feels like a two-horse race. But as, as Ross was saying, tactically, it's very interesting. They've they've sort of been patient with Nibonegra in the past in terms of how they ride him and holding him up. So whether Pat Patrick goes on and makes the most of Shash and Poursois will be interesting, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. At least Nube Negra definitely has his ground. And so there's just no excuse for either of them. I'm with Ross. I think Shash and Poursois is a, is the real talented standout. It is interesting about his traveling. He's only ever left Ireland uh, once before, which didn't go that well, but they've clearly had this in the pipeline for some time. And um Look, he's he's hard to oppose at five to four. Um, so we'll we'll head on up to Aintree. That's where we're going to go next. Um, always a cracking a cracking card. This and the many clouds uh, is where we'll start at two o five of a three mile one furlong. And that's what I really want to focus on the three mile one furlong because there aren't that many genuine stayers in this race. And um, there'll be plenty of horses that 
will really need to prove himself at this track and, and over this trip. And Protectra is, is one of them. And he heads the market six to four. Native River isn't one of them. We know that he can stay. Um, he He's now at the grand grand age of 11, rising 12. He's nine to four. Imperial or 11 to two, simply the bet six to one. The dual Grand National winner, Tiger Roll, is, is back, is a fascinating contender at 17 to one, which always a big price. Sam Brown, 26 to one, the two amigos, 51 to one, and wishing and hoping also 51 to one. And look, this was a funny race last year. I remember I rewatched it again, and I just re remembering the fact that they had to emit all those fences in the straight due to the sunlight. So I think Aintree will be desperately hoping it's pretty miserable on Saturday so that we can get it a proper test because they crawled along. Um, and that's what Protectorat will want and a native river who's a real stayer. And it's a, it's interesting. It doesn't really, it, it sort of lacks the real spark that you wanted this race, but it, it, it is a, it is a fascinating race anyway, isn't it Ross? It is. I mean, last year it was one of the one of the best bumpers run all run all year. Um, so yeah, let, let's hope we get a bit of drizzle or a bit of cloud, so we get get a full uh, quota of fences. Um, and I think you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think six to four about Protectorat just to me is just far far too short. Um, he's got to prove he stays. He's got Bridget Andrews on board, who is a very fine jockey, and I wouldn't be slighting her at all. But this is a big ask for her, stepping into a, into a big ride uh, on a Saturday in a, in a graded race. Um, and I just think at the prices, he, he is far too short. As you said, what do you take him on with? Native River is the confirmed stayer. Um, John Joe Neal on board, I think he'll suit him. But I just wonder whether the ground is going to be quite soft enough, soft enough for him. Um, and the horse I like, and I, and I think he is possibly overpriced, is, is simply the bets. Um, having a second run now for Paul Nichols, second run up back after wind surgery. Um, and I thought his first run at Cheltenham was, was full of promise. He carried the same weight as Protectorat uh, in that two mile four handicap chase. Um, and he was beaten four lengths. But he now gets a pull of three, three pound at the weights. Um, he previously beat Imperial Aura over two and a half miles at Cheltenham, uh, gave him, I think it was uh, four pound and now gets a six pound pull at the weights. Uh, and when he won at Cheltenham on that occasion, he was the one that was going strongest to the line. Um, so he has got to prove he stays. Um, but I, I, I think of the ones at the head of the market that need to prove they stay. He's the one that interests me the most, given that he gets weight from pretty much all, all around him. Um, Native River will, will certainly set out to make it make it a strong a strong test. So anything that wins this is going to have to stay. Um, and for me, it came down to the old boy, you know, Native River. Do you, do you decide with him, or do you look for an improver? Um, and I just thought this simply the best has perhaps gone a little bit under the radar. I think he's a horse of immense potential. He's a, he's a sound jumper, uh, strong stayer at the trip he's run at so far. Um, Paul Nichols did say before Cheltenham that. He thought he would improve for the run. Um, and he thought he had him earmarked as one that he thought might want further. Um, there's not much he gets wrong. Um, and I, I, I think uh, at the prices, getting weight from all those around him, he'd be my play at six to one. Gavin Sheehan um, gets back on board, a trusted partner for so long when he was with um, Harry Whittington. It's uh, that he'll be, he'll be pleased to be back on board. I feel that James might might have a thing to say about 
Bridget Andrews, who's been a good good uh, ally to you in the past with some some excellent rides. Thoughts on Ross's opinion on on her taking this big uh, big big ride on Protector app? Well, it is a fact that she doesn't have as many grade one opportunities, grade two opportunities as what Harry or a lot of the other jockeys that, that, that ride in these kind of races do. But like I say, for me, she, she got us off the mark with the pod of Amula Gold. Um, she gets horses jumping uh, and that can be a key asset. Um, what you see in that final furlong, that doesn't normally actually make that much difference to the race. It's that rhythm they get horses into down the back. And, and I do think Bridget's very good at that. Uh the point about the stamina is 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 keeps obviously he tried it once he was beat before distance became an issue at Kelso he's got loads of solid form at two and a half Native River we know is going to go hard from the front but I still think Protector is going to be in his cruising skirt cruising zone even when Native River is absolutely flat out because the ground's not going to be too soft you wouldn't think at Aintree bearing in mind the weather we've had recently and he he looks so good if he hadn't made that bad mistake I think he really would have given Midnight Shadow a race. Um, I felt Susan's horse was tying up in, in front, which is why he got so close at the line. But I just felt if he hadn't made that mistake, he would have been that much closer throughout the contest. So for me, it was tight there in, in, in the Paddy Power back in November. Yes, he's got a three-pound turnaround, but he was five lengths ahead of Simply the Bets last time. And I, and I feel it would be the same case. I think Ross has probably got better value as such. But I think Protector has got a lovely opportunity here. And, and the Skeletons do think he might make that next step up into to being an open horse. And if, if he's going to do that, he's got to win this race on Saturday. So I think he's got a strong chance. In what's a, a tricky Saturday to pinpoint a, a star, I thought he was the best bet of the weekend for me. Uh, yeah, interesting horses in this race. A lot of them have a few question marks and and slight areas that you can pick at. Imperial Aura for me is, is, is one of them. He was, now... You can say, and my camp will say that he was traveling well in the Betfair chase before falling. Lots of people might say that he, you wouldn't have known at all whether he was traveling well or not. He was, it was very early to tell. But I do think that the Kim Bailey team were very punchy about him before that. They'll, they'll have to get him to, 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 to jump better at Aintree. Um, but I think that I believe he was going, going well in that race. And that was a genuinely good running at a genuine good pace in a grade one of that nature and I don't think this is a particularly strong renewal um and I think again the protectorate is definitely beatable at six to four so like Ross trying to find some value out out of there and I think 11 to two could be could be that value um talking the national fences that's where we're going to crack on next to um to our final race that we're going to look at today um which is the beecher handicap chase over the three miles and two furlongs and McTotty, who has now proven himself over these fences he's got a step up in trip uh he is currently joint favorite seven to one with snow leopardess mighty thunders eight to one kimberlite candy was second in this race last year, nine to one. Chris's dream, eleven to one. Check it out, twelve to one. Hogan tight, thirteen to one. The Leon Rouge, it's uh, fifteen to one with Latroy at fifteen to one, and it's seventeen to one. Bigger the rest um, in this race where Ross. Let's start with the Leon Rouge. She's bidding for a third Beecher Chase. I, this is his sixth time running in the race, and what's what's amazing, and what the pipe team are probably delighted about, is that his mark never seems to change. He's running off ten nine again. Um, and they obviously earmark this race, and this is where he thrives. And give it a go. Why not? I I can't believe he's fifteen to one. Um, he, you know, he. Father Ty might be catching up with him. Who knows? But fifteen to one to me seemed 
a big price. Um, he won this last year. I mean, he won it in a canter, um, very emphatically. Uh, I think he's four or five pound higher this time, only carries two pound more the way the weights are framed this year. Um, and this is his his race. This is his track. Like we said about Tiger Roll, you know, anything this horse does on a park course, he, he'll improve a huge amount for going over these fences. Uh, his, his win last year came off the back of a very lackluster run around the park fences at Aintree in a, in a veterans chase. This year, again, he reappeared in the veterans chase at Chepstow, but he ran with a much more enthusiasm. I think last year he was beaten in the region of, of 20 plus lengths, this year beaten 10 lengths and actually shaped well for a very long way. Um, he does have Tom Scudmore on, which Tom Scudmore is a fantastic jockey, but you could just question maybe his best form has come with Conor O'Farrell on board. Um, but I think that's, you know, unlikely. Um, I just thought 15 to one, he's going to have soft enough ground. Uh, he's proven over the fences. He did fall in the national, but by all accounts, he's scored well over the imitation fences at Pond House since. Um, I, I struggled to see why he was as big as he was. Um, and I, 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 I'd be very surprised if he didn't hit the frame. And I think it'll take a good one to, to beat him, to be honest. Very confident sound, 15 to one. I mean, it is, and he's, he always seems to be, as, as I said, this is his gold cup, essentially. And last year, um, when he won this race, he was 12 to one. And, you know, he just loves it. But I kind of remember looking back on that race, I feel like things sort of fell apart. Some of the, the key protagonists didn't really sh show up. And he just won by a country mile, James. Do you think that this will be as straightforward for him this year? Uh, it, is there, it, 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 I just feel like it was nearly too good to be true how well he won, he won the race, considering... He couldn't really back that up at all um, in the three runs he had after that. Yeah, he comes alive for this race. He doesn't really quite see out the, the four mile two for Adams for the, for the full Grand National distance. And he's not as good under regulation fences or over regulation fences anymore. My slight issue is he was your banker to get round. And then he did fall in, in the Grand National last time around. He's 12 year old now. I think Ross has made an excellent point. He's good value uh, because I might say this is his race. He would have been prepped for it, but he is getting a year older. And I thought the handicapper, yes, he won easily, but he was harsh enough to put him up um, initially eight pound when he ran in the, in the Grand National. He's dropped three, still five pound higher than last year and, and a year older. I have no strong, strong convictions. This is an open race. Mac Totti obviously won the Grand Sefton. He can now do both. Um, he's seven pound higher in a stronger race. Snow Leopardess, love her attitude. She went up five for that Bangor win. Might that be enough to stop her? So I'm putting a couple at big prices. The main one is Cabolo. Now this one... John Joe Neal's horse, he goes best fresh. He's had a wind up since we last saw him. He's only got 10 stone, uh, perhaps at around about 34 to one with SPK. This might just be the time to catch him. Um, if he takes these fences, uh, he's jumped Ascot well. He was second uh, there last season. He won at Exeter um, over a three mile on heavy ground. So he stays well. I just thought he was overpriced. And the other one I quite liked was a Twiston Davis runner. Uh, check it out. Quite a lightly raced individual compared to plenty of the opposition. I liked his return at Ascot when he finished second to Larry. That was a strong handicap. He's gone up four pound effectively as Marky runs off. Um, Jordan there taken off another three. And as well, he was one that might also be in the four. It's a very, very open contest. Looking forward again to seeing horses over the big fences. More competitive than what the Grand Sefton was. But a horse like Cabolo, 34 to one. I don't think you can go wrong each way with him. Yeah, Cabolo, um, Robbie Dunn on board for um, 
this this horse is pulled up at Cheltenham. I, I saw. I just don't think he ran any race at all. Um, but looks off his weight, ten stone. It's is nothing really, and that's what you need when you're when you're giving these big fences the, a go for the first time. Um, similarly, from me, Achilles is a horse I followed off a cliff last year and was just unlucky to be second three times at good prices. Uh, and Charlie Deutsch gets the best out of him. He likes to hold him up bring, and delivers him late. The ground might not be quite soft enough for him. Um, I'd like to see it rain a little bit more. I think at 21 to one, he's another horse. Plenty of horses in here with value. I don't, I think it looks like, you know, you, Totti has to prove himself over this trip. Um, probably we can take him on as we all are. And definitely this is the best betting race of the weekend. So a cracking beach to chase, some great racing throughout the weekend, guys. And as always, always ask you for your nap and your each way selection. Uh, we had luck with these last week. So I'll come to Ross to you first. So the nap is is not the most original, but I think Chuck and Porsoir take a lot of beating at, at Sandown. Um, and then my next best comes in the 315 from entry, uh, and it's Kateson. Um, he's back on the same mark of 134 as when winning this last year. He's moved from Tom Lacey to Alistair Ralph. Um, had a had a nice quiet comeback run uh, last month for Alistair Ralph. Um, and I think he runs this track very well. His fifth at the uh, entry festival uh, last year off a mark of 138 was, was strong form in a stronger race. Uh, and I think off 134, but I think at 11 to 1, I think he's a nice each way price. Yeah, 11 to 1, that's right. For Kateson, uh, for Ross and Shashan Poursois as well. James, come to you next from your selections. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you both. I think Bridget Andrews will find the key to protect her rats. That's my, my nap. A tricky weekend. It's a, it's a spectacle of races this weekend. I'm really looking forward to, to watching the action. Punting-wise, it might be a little bit tricky. So Bridget's going to come to my rescue and protect her rats. going to jump well and land in many clouds. That's the nap of the day. And Kabola Lobo, He's the each way angle in, in, in the beach. I think he's too big at 34 to 1. I must say, I think he's gonna go well fresh. He's had a wind off, tongue tied cheek pieces. Um, it might just be the time to catch on John Neil's runner and in what's again absolutely cracking competitive handicap chase over the big fences. Tetra, as we speak, is six to four uh, for the many clouds for James and uh, a very a confidence in, in this horse that we're, we're both Ross and I are taking on. Um, and my my nap, I'm going to agree with Ross Shashan Poursois. I think he's the class horse of the weekend. Um, so I'm happy to have a safe nap with him. And then Achille, a horse that I've just, as I mentioned before, have really enjoyed watch him and Charlie Deutsch, their partnership how he rides him. I, I can't wait to see them back at it again at Aintree on, on Saturday. And he's my each way selection at 21 to one. Um, okay, guys. Well, thank you for taking us through your insight for these um, four races. Uh, we've got a lot to look forward to at Aintree and at Sandown. As always, give us um, a like, a follow, a retweet, subscribe to the podcast. We'll be back again next week, hopefully uh, delivering some more uh, winning uh, selections for you all. So thank you um, to James and to Ross for joining me and we'll see you next week. 